Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. In order to see our workplaces as mission fields where we can serve others, we must understand that Jesus' work on the cross has redeemed the broken aspects of our work and given them a new purpose. So you need to ask yourself what it is that you can do to serve your co-workers in your workplace. What can you do to benefit them? What can you do to care for them? What can you do to share the same love and grace to them that God has shown to you? Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In the same way that Jesus' purpose was a life of service, so is our life meant to be characterized by service as well. We are called to place others' needs, interests, and wants ahead of our own, but that can be hard to do. We wonder if our service is making a difference. We wonder if anyone cares that we are serving, and we wonder if we have enough energy to keep serving. Those are just a few of the reasons why serving others can be difficult to do, but God still calls us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. In today's sermon, Pastor Philip is going to encourage us to do just that as we embrace a life of service. Please enjoy the message. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In other words, God tells people, get to work. Go do stuff in this world that I created. And later in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, we're told this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. To what? To work it and to take care of it. Okay, and the really interesting thing about this verse is that that word work in Hebrew can and sometimes is translated as serve. And so already at the very beginning of creation, we see this close connection between our work being service. Service towards God, service towards those that he has placed in our care. Now remember, sin hasn't entered the story yet, okay? That doesn't happen until Genesis chapter three. We've only looked at Genesis one and two. No temptation, no evil, no sin, just good, honest work. God created work. Now later in Genesis chapter three, we see the way that our sin has negatively affected uh, our work. It says this, this is God talking to the woman. He said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So here, from these verses, we see the way that our work is negatively affected by sin. Painful toil, thorns and thistles, the sweat of our brow. Translation for our uh, modern language would be this is why delays happen at work, why red tape exists, why you have bad bosses, why you hate people that you work with, why we get fired, things like that. So our work is negatively affected by sin, 
but we need to understand that work is a pre-fall blessing given to us by God, not a post-fall curse. So our connection to our big idea this morning from this first biblical reality is this. In order to see our workplaces as mission fields where we can serve others, we must first recognize that God created work as good. Yes, it has its challenges. Yes, our work has its frustrations, but at its created core, work is a good thing given to us by God himself. God created work. That's our first biblical reality this morning. Second biblical reality about work this morning is this, that God modeled work, okay? God modeled work. He didn't just create work, he also modeled it for us in so many different ways. Let's go back to the first couple of chapters of Genesis, okay? Very first verse of the Bible, check this out. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And again, in Genesis chapter two, it says this. By the seventh day, God finished from the work he had been doing. So the seventh day he rested from all his work. So God modeled work for us when he created this world that we live in, okay? God's work in creating everything in existence wasn't just some magical thing that he did. It was hard and intentional creative work on God's part. You know, I remember having a conversation with a friend that I went to high school with uh, who was very artistically gifted. Uh, this girl was really good at drawing and painting and sketching like that. And I remember, um, I remember her talking one time about how sad she was that the Bible didn't talk about art all that much. There weren't very many Bible verses that referenced art, painting, sketching, things like that. And she was really sad about this. And so she set out on a quest to search for more Bible verses that talked about art to bring her some encouragement. So she goes to Google, she searches for art, uh, verses about art in the Bible, and you know what the very first verse at the top of the list was? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is an artist, and his work of creation is his masterpiece. It was deliberate and intentional work that he modeled for us, not just some magical thing that he did. So we see that God models work for us at the very beginning of creation, but we also have several other examples of how God modeled work for us in a little bit more of like a, a practical or earthly way that a lot of us can understand, all right? First of all, we have Jesus himself, okay? Jesus, when he was growing up, lived in a town called Nazareth. After he launched his public ministry and came back home to visit uh, and kind of teach and stuff, some people who knew him and his family as a little boy growing up made this comment about him. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and aren't his brothers James and Joseph, Simon and Judas? Later in the book of Mark, the same group of people actually referred to Jesus himself as the carpenter. So Jesus was a part of the family business. He was a carpenter, his father was a carpenter, he worked a blue collar job to provide for his basic needs and serve those around him. Now, as a quick aside, we are often uh, times just so used to thinking of Jesus as a carpenter because that's what tradition tells us and that's how this word has been translated for the longest time. Here's something interesting though. This word for carpenter can also be translated as stonemason or builder, craftsman of sorts. And in fact, in ancient Israel and in ancient Nazareth specifically, there wasn't a whole lot of wood around and most buildings were actually made of stone, not wood. In fact, outside of the city of Nazareth was a large rock quarry just a few miles outside of town. So while it's certainly possible that Jesus at time worked with wood, it's also probably just as likely that he worked with stone. 
cutting stone, building uh, houses or large government buildings, things like this. Whatever Jesus did specifically for work, we can't ultimately know, but it is important to note that he had a regular normal job in which he was able to provide for his basic needs and serve those around him, whether that was his family or his customers. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. So Jesus models work for us in a very practical, earthly way. So did his apostles. Look at all these other examples we have about work from those who follow Jesus. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, four of Jesus' closest 12 disciples, all worked as fishermen. That was their job. That was the family business at the time. Matthew, another one of Jesus' 12 closest disciples, worked as a tax collector. In other words, he was a government official. That was his job, so to speak. And the Apostle Paul, who is responsible for over half of the books of our New Testament, worked as a tent maker to supplement his missions work. He was traveling all over the Mediterranean area preaching the gospel. That was his main job, you could say, but he supplemented that work by making tents for people and selling them, okay? So we have all these other examples of what it looks like to serve other people in our workplaces without having to be some type of super religious person. In other words, what I mean is all these examples show us that you don't have to work on staff at a church, you don't have to be a full-time missionary, okay? You don't have to work in some type of sacred job in order to be effective in your workplaces, serving others and sharing the gospel. We tend to think in this world of things that are secular versus things that are sacred, and we say secular things are sports and fashion and music trends or things like that, but then we have the sacred world. We have churches, Bibles, worship music, It's a false reality, though, because there is no such thing as sacred versus secular. Why? Ephesians 1.22 teaches us that all things in creation have been subjected to the authority of Christ, and therefore, because of that, we can consider all things to be sacred or in control by Christ himself. I love how the great German theologian Martin Luther from the 1500s talks about this idea. Check out this quote. He says this, There's no true basic difference between laymen and priests, princes and bishops, uh, between religious and secular. They are all of the spiritual estate. All are truly priests, bishops, and popes. Further, everyone must benefit and serve every other by means of his own work or office, so that in this way, many kinds of work may be done for the bodily and spiritual welfare of the community, just as all members of the body serve one another. So 
through our regular jobs, so to speak, we can serve other people knowing that whatever it is you do for work, whatever it is that you are spending the greatest percentage of your waking hours doing, you can consider that sacred, holy work that God has given you to do, to serve those around him. Here's a, couple, or here's a verse uh, that talks about this and shows this reality to be t- true. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, because it is the Lord Christ you are serving, okay? 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says that, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So whatever you do for work, barring the fact that you're not doing something illegal or immoral, know that that is sacred, holy work that God has given you to do to serve those around you. Connection to our big idea this morning. In order to see our workplaces as mission fields where we can serve others, we must understand that God and the apostles did that very thing through their normal, regular jobs. And if God can do it, if the apostles can do it, you can do it too through the power of the spirit that he empowers you with. So God created work, God modeled work for us in so many different ways. And our third biblical reality this morning is this, that God redeems our work. God redeems our work. This is where it's important for us to remember, as we just talked about, that work was created as a good thing by God before sin entered the world. And we need to remember that work is the thing that we're spending the greatest percentage of our waking hours doing, so we don't want it to be something that we just suffer through into retirement. Instead, we wanna see our work, our workplaces, and all of their frustrations as redeemed opportunities by God to serve other people. Here in America, we are so used to the idea of Jesus dying on the cross for our personal salvation. And that is absolutely true. Jesus died for our sins so that we can live in a redeemed relationship with himself, both in this life and in the life to come. The thing, though, is that Jesus' work on the cross did so much more than that. Jesus' work on the cross set in motion a complete recentering of the created order back to the way that God originally intended it to be in the Garden of Eden. Christ's work on the cross then redeems the broken aspects of our world that are affected by sin. And for our conversation of, about work this morning and serving other people, we could say this, that Christ's work on the cross redeems our work in this life. Christ's work on the cross provides our work with new significance and new purpose. Christ's work on the cross gives our work new meaning, new life, new significance, and new purpose. This means that we can look at all those broken, frustrating aspects of our jobs with new eyes. We can see them as opportunities given to us by God to serve those around him, share the gospel, glorify God in the process not wasted opportunities, not things to suffer through. Well, David, that sounds great and all. What does that look like? I mean, what am I supposed to do in my daily work uh, to apply this stuff to my life? Well, it's gonna look different for every single one of you depending on your context, uh, uh, depending on your situation. But it might look something like this. Maybe the way that you serve a, a, a coworker is by asking that stressed coworker how you can help lighten their load that day. You know they're busy. You've got a few extra minutes. Maybe you do more than your boss asks you to do because you know it's going to help them out and it'll help the business run smoothly. 
Maybe some way that you can serve your coworkers is by staying later than you normally would just to straighten things up, clean them up so it looks nice for the next day. Maybe you surprise a coworker with their favorite coffee drink or some type of sweet treat of sorts to show them how much you care and help them to have a better week. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Here's some other examples. Maybe if you are retired here this morning, you spend a few extra minutes mowing your neighbor's lawn while you're already outside mowing your own and surprise them for when they come home. Maybe if you are a stay-at-home mom here this morning, you take five extra minutes to clean up after your kid to allow them to go off and play even though you'd want them to learn to clean up after themselves. Maybe it's something as simple as just asking somebody how you can pray for them that day. Do that in your workplaces. That'll really mess with people's head and it's really fun to watch the reactions and of course it's a good thing to do. Ask them how you can pray for them that day. Or maybe you ask a boss or a coworker if they would like to join you here at church on a Sunday morning because you know how hard their life is right now and you know how much it would help them out. These are just a few of endless amounts of examples we could go through of what it looks like to serve other people in our workplaces. The church that Heidi and I were a part of in college, the lead pastor would always talk about this idea uh, in this way. He would ask these questions. Am I willing to disadvantage myself in order to advantage others? Or do I try and disadvantage others in order to advantage myself? And I think those are really helpful questions that all of us should ask. As we deal with our workplaces, are we doing things to put other people down and make our lives easier? Or are we picking up our cross, humbling ourselves to help them out, to serve them and to lift them up? It's a good question for all of us to ask here today. Our connection to our big idea this morning is this then. In order to see our workplaces as mission fields where we can serve others, we must understand that Jesus' work on the cross has redeemed the broken aspects of our work and given them a new purpose. So you need to ask yourself what it is that you can do to serve your co-workers in your workplace? What can you do to benefit them? What can you do to care for them? What can you do to share the same love and grace to them that God has shown to you? You know, like a lot of people, I am very tempted to waste a lot of time on social media, specifically Twitter. Um, I don't really tweet that much myself. I just follow a bunch of like nerdy Bible scholars and everything baseball because that's what I love. And I'll be the first to admit that 
Most of what I see online for Twitter, completely wasted information. It's not helpful in any sense. And if you look back there, my wife is nodding her head in agreement. So, um, But every now and then, I, I do find a little nugget of gold, something that's truly helpful um, for just life in general. And I saw this picture a couple weeks ago as I was prepping this message that I thought, that's just perfect for what we're talking about today. And I wanted to share with you. Okay, this is gonna be a picture uh, that somebody put up on their Twitter feed of the last sign that they see in their church parking lot as they're leaving the building and heading back home. Okay, check this out. It says this. You are now entering your mission field. You are now entering your mission field as you leave church. Now that is so different than what all of us, or a lot of us are used to. We tend to think that church is our mission field, right? This is where we do ministry and service and stuff. That's not actually not how it works. You come to church to be filled up, to be encouraged, to be taught the scriptures so that you can go out there into the world, into those mission fields that God has given you to serve other people, to share the gospel, and to glorify God. So as you leave church today and every single week moving forward, think about this reality. You are now entering your mission field, whether you get a paycheck, whether you have a title, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or somebody that's retired. Your workplace is a mission field where you can serve other people. And we know that because God created work, God modeled work, and God redeems our work. And that's such a beautiful reality for all of us to get used to in this life. And when we do these things, when we understand our workplaces as mission fields for the gospel, for serving others, we're actually getting a taste of what we're gonna be doing for all eternity. Because it's God's will that all of us in the new heavens and the new earth will be doing work, all right? Check out what Revelation 22, three teaches us. In the new heavens and the new earth, there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. And remember that close connection between work and service. So heaven itself is not gonna be just some place where we sit on clouds and sing worship music all day. God has work for us to do. If God created work as good before sin entered the world, if he redeems our work through the cross in this world, and if he has work for us in the future, then let us be doing everything we can this Labor Day weekend and every week moving forward to be a people who are serving those in our workplaces to share the gospel with them and show them how much God loves them. And this is the biggest reason why we need to keep this idea in mind about work is because God himself is always working. God himself is always working. He created the world for us to live in and worked to, to do that. He performed the greatest work of all time by sacrificing his own son, Jesus, on the cross. And he's working right now in our world, in our lives, every single day. Jesus tells us this in John 5, 17. He says this, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Jesus is working right now. Jesus is working on your heart right now. Jesus chose to disadvantage himself in order to advantage you because that's how much he loves you and that's how much Jesus wants to be in a relationship with you. No matter who you are, no matter how long you've been here at church, 
we all have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to that work on the cross that he did for us. And all we have to do is reach out and say yes for the fact that he died for our sins. We repent of those, we seek forgiveness, and we enter into a redeemed relationship with the Son of God himself. This is why we participate in communion each and every week here at Valley View, to remember that work that God did for us through his son Jesus, and to remember the work that he has for us in the age to come. So we're gonna take a few moments of quiet reflection and prayer to receive the communion elements, remembering that work that Jesus did for us, and then the band will lead us in some more worship afterwards. So let's pray together, Valley View. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for the work that you have done in this world and in this life. Father, we thank you for the work that you did in creating this world. We thank you for the work that you've done in sustaining this world, and we thank you for the work that you did through your son Jesus on the cross. We take some time to remember that this morning, to receive that work by faith, and to look forward to the work that you have for us in the age to come. We love you so much, Father. We thank you for Jesus, for all that he is to us, and for all that he has done for us. And it's in his holy, powerful, and precious name that we pray all these things. Amen. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.